This is an APAC EO production. Welcome to episode 94 of the EO Business Podcast for APAC. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Stuart Crisp from Rothbury Kinross. So I think I've got that right, Stuart. You have indeed, Brendan. Yep. Now you... Yeah, it's uh, it, it was lovely. Uh, I got an email from Stuart out of the blue saying how much he um, had been enjoying some of the podcasts. So I thought perfect opportunity to get Stuart on the show and and tell us about um, you've been in EO for over twenty years. You were saying that's quite a quite a quite a journey. What keeps you coming back? Um, well, I, someone asked me that question: What would life be like without EO? And I said, I, I've I'm damned if I know because I've been, it's been part of my life for so long. So my, I've got two kids who are now 24 and 22. Uh, when I joined EO, the older one was three and the younger one was six months old. So, uh, And the older one's now an entrepreneur doing his stuff around the world. So it's been part of my life forever, and I just can't imagine not being part of EO, to be honest, Brendan. That's amazing. Yeah. So do you think EO has uh, – was it your son, did you say, that was the entrepreneurial one? Yeah, well, I mean, he's grown up around EOs. I mean, you know, yeah. people like Tony Falkenstein and Matt Wiley and Steve White from Stony Ridge and uh, Chris Simmons, who was our original one. Of, you know, all those people I'm sure have been influential. He's he's a musician, so he's got a, a business doing that. But he's you know he's created a, a business with his best buddy, and they've yeah. successful. Been professional for about five years now. So yeah, that's amazing. So at the moment you're over in the US, I understand. What what's yeah, well, uh, what's what's cooking? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things you know, you, you join EO for a whole range of reasons, but uh, um, uh, I met another EO at uh, Global University in Mexico City in 2017. I'd been married uh, for 22 years, and that's kind of we parted ways. Uh, yeah, yeah, we get on get on fine, and we've got two great kids. So, uh, a couple of eighteen months after that, I bumped into uh, Anna, who's my now partner. Through she's EO San Francisco, so we kind of figured out um, that we got on really well. And uh, I think you know, being married to an EO is never e- easy, or entrepreneur is never easy. And uh, when you've got another entrepreneur in the family, that sort of makes it that uh, uh, two you double down. But uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So we've been commuting back and forth between Auckland and uh, San Francisco for the last five years. And uh, in the process, I've also set up a business in the US. So I've got my core business back in New Zealand, which is the executive recruitment and executive search business. Work mainly with high growth private companies, doing independent board directors, CEOs, and sort of C suite. Uh, also, do quite a bit of work in the US now for New Zealand companies that are expanding into the US or want to uh, raise the, uh, the the bench strength of the US team. So they find working with the Kiwi is a little easier than working with some of the Americans who allegedly uh, understand where we come from. But uh, if you ask them to put it on a map, it's, uh, it can be challenging. <laughs> yeah, and so are you still with your search business? Are you still hands on? Yeah, yeah. So um, I built a reasonably. I've been at. Uh, in fact, I was in EO, which is what got me my search business. Is what got me into EO originally. Um, been been through a few different iterations, and I built up a reasonable size business. Uh, we had about uh, I think ten staff back in the sort of 2010 space. And um, I um, got approached by one of the multinationals, Corn Ferry, about coming to join them. They'd lost their partner in New Zealand. Uh, they ran uh, practice across Australia and New Zealand. 
uh, and we'd got through the GFC, but it had been reasonably tough and I think a good opportunity to move across. I took some of my team with me and spent a couple of years with them. But as an entrepreneur going to work for a multinational corporate, it was probably you know, not necessarily going to be a long-term gig, and that, that turned out to be the case. I did my two years and and that I, that I committed to and then spun back out. So we're a boutique now. I hooked up with my business partner who I'd known for many years. He had a, had a very successful CEO prior to getting into search, and, and we are a boutique. So we both we did the remote working work from home thing from 2013. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And so it's really so yeah. it sounds or like would would you say almost like a lifestyle business? Yes and no. Um, it's it provides you know me with I, I enjoy I love the search piece. Um, we work as trusted advisors with our um, so it's 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 it is a lifestyle in some ways, but it also one of the joys of professional services is that you get to build these close relationships. But you know, part of the thing of being consultant um, is I bill, therefore I am, and if you stop working or stop billing, you know, about six or eight weeks later, once they've paid the invoices, the cash flow stops. So I've always had a view to try and broaden out um, my interests and investments. And I've invested in a bunch of startups over the years and, uh, you know, to create some value. So I see it as a core part of a portfolio. So I've sort of looked at my whole business career and my life really as a portfolio and yep. hence why we set up a business in the US and I've been involved in a bunch of other businesses along the way as well. So you're saying with the with the search business there's – because my understand my I don't have a huge understanding of search, but I thought you get paid on results like a, I don't know, percentage of the salary package, but you, does your model work differently yep. in that you, you – you, you bill them for hours spent on trying to find a candidate and then a success fee at the end of it? or No, generally these days we work on a fixed fee, which reflects the sort of, so we agree a fee, uh, it's paid a third up front, a third after a month, and then a third either 60 or 90 days or on on success on placement. So it's, it is a... A model of that, so it's not you know, not billing hours and and doing that sort of stuff. I started out life as a lawyer and trying to keep track of six every six minutes of my day used to drive me nuts. <laughs> yeah, so, I bet, I bet. So it is a value based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a value based billing in terms of, but you know, the reality is once you stop working on those assignments and you place them, you know, it yeah, you, you don't get any ongoing income yeah. from them. As yeah, opposed, yeah, you got to you got to keep feeding the machine. In other words. More, more, more gigs, more people to place, and so yeah. are you finding in like this the world at the moment where everyone or all the papers are at least are saying that it's hard to get people, everything's in short supply. Is that is that good for business? Well, for us, because we're a high value, low volume business, we're not like Rackham and Stackham and you know people who work in the sort of the warehouse space or they work at sales reps or whatever they do, where it's kind of like we need to push them through. We, I mean, most of our assignments take three to four months from the time we start to the time we finish. So mm-hmm. they're quite intensive from a resource. But if you're dealing with a CEO or a you know general manager or a CFO and stuff, it, you know that they're getting paid usually. Uh, reasonably good dollars, and you got to, they, They're quite influential, so you have to get it right. I yeah, mean, one if you hire five sales reps and and three of them do really well and two of them don't, well, you just let those two go and go for some yeah. more. Hard to do when you're at a CEO level. That's that's very disruptive yeah. for organisations. 
And so when you're placing your candidates, what percentage would you say are currently in the network versus people you haven't met before? Yeah, look, I mean, people say you must know a lot of people, and I guess after 20 years I do know a lot of people, um, but I don't need to know everybody. I just need to know the people that know the people, and part yeah. of it is understanding where to go. And, I mean, I, I, the analogy I often use is the difference between um, fly fishing and and having a yard full of sheep uh, yeah. where you, you, you're just working them out. So a lot of the sort of what I call the mainstream sort of core mid-level recruitment, you put an ad on Seek or on on where trade me or wherever, and you get a bunch of candidates that come in and you put them in the hopper and then you basically stand in the yards and move them, you know, figure out, yes, this one looks okay, that one's no good, and, and you basically draft them in or draft them out and then you work through a process. With search, it's much more like fly fishing. So you got to know which river, you got to know which pool they're in, you got to know which fly to use, and most of the people we want are already in a job and they're doing well and things. So... You know, the secret is to cast your fly in front of their nose so that they get interested, mm. but not, you're not sort of trying to jag them, if you like. So it's it's very much a conversation. Hey, there's an interesting opportunity. Would this be something we should have a conversation around? It's a softly, softly catchy monkey type approach as opposed to. So yeah, it's knowing where to go to find them and knowing, you know, the obvious place if you're working in, you know, biotech is to go to other biotech companies, but there may well be other industries that are got relevant skills that you'd that you'd go yeah. and have a look as well. Yeah. Especially yes. with you know the disruption in the world of COVID and everything else, you know, the, a lot of companies, core businesses are, are going through a lot of change. And so therefore bringing someone in who has got a different lens or a different set of experiences can often be a, a really good thing to do. Yeah, it sounds like you definitely have to have some lateral thinking skills there to uh, match make correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, so that's the search business. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the US. Well, um, because I spend a fair amount of time up here and I can run the search business remotely. In fact, we were doing remote working well before COVID came along. And, um, but um, is that you meet some really interesting people along the way. And, of course, you get to know them quite well when you start to sort of you know, talk to them and what, where their aspirations are. And in the process of being up here, I met a, a bunch of Anna's friends and she's a pretty, uh, she's a, as I said, an entrepreneur as well. She's got a great network. And um, I just, you know, sometimes you can just sort of see opportunities. So one of her friends is married to a guy who's actually a YPOer and he had built, uh, he'd been CEO, wasn't a founder of a of a cleaning products company up here called Method, which he took from 100,000 to 100 million in revenues in eight years. Amazing. So, yeah. Pretty incredible. Um, I'd done work for a cleaning products company in New Zealand and put a CEO in there. They had some great products, but the, it, was a, it was an interesting challenge with the founders and things, but I'd put a guy in there uh, and he did a couple of years and said, "Look, I've, I'm done. The, I can't manage the founders. They 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 keep changing direction and things." So we talked about that business. And long story short, I thought, you know, there's a real opportunity here. What if we got that New Zealand business, took their products, and brought them in? We've got Alistair up in the US, and we we he knows how that all works. Anyway, long story short, um, I just said to Grant, my mate in New Zealand who'd been the CEO, and, the, and said, well, why don't you come up and we'll have a conversation with Alistair because he, he was quite interested. And um, we started looking. We initially tried to buy the New Zealand company. They had 400 different formulations, great products, really high purity and, and great products, but they just couldn't get their act together. 
uh, in the end, that was too hard. So we thought, right, we've done the groundwork. We think there's a real opportunity to sort of next level um, uh, products that are not just sort of there's a lot of greenwashing that goes on in that consumer space where they, hey, we're a green product or we're eco or whatever, but they still have products. So we actually found a guy who had been at Clorox for 32 years, PhD in, in chemistry, retired and been uh, turned his garage into a laboratory and had been playing around doing these things with a friend of his who's actually at the University of Melbourne. She's a professor down there and specialised in environmental engineering and, and, and sensitivities and things. And uh, so, look, they'd developed all these products and didn't know what the heck to do with them. So uh, we thought this is an opportunity. So long story short, um, we have launched the business in uh 2020, early 2020, just as we were going into COVID, yeah, uh, took it off in the hiss and a roar because there was a shortage of product. Everyone wanted to clean everything, you know. Yeah, uh, and big guys took a while. We got some really good orders early on, and then the big guys came in and started cranking up the, the manufacturing. And and mm. people said, "We well, really love what you're doing," because where we've positioned ourselves is really cleaning 3.0. Yeah, you know, you've got your mainstream Purcell, palm olives, tides, whatever down as they're, they're industrial cleaners. They work really, really well, but they've got a bunch of stuff in them. You don't really want to have all over your body or in your house too much. You've got a, a range of eco cleaners, which are better, but they've still got them. And then we basically, our products are all bio-based and, and the difference is they actually work. Um, so it's kind of 3.0 and we say planetary health is just is a given that's planet state this is about human health not having toxic chemicals not having preservatives yeah. and those yeah. kind of things so you know it's for people who've got sensitivities which is why we call it sensitive home and so you're selling that predominantly via a website or is it through sales we off with supermarkets but we've had to you know with the term tumultuous times of covid um, we've actually pulled that back and we're just doing it direct to consumer, which is through our website and also through Amazon. And we're building the business through that with a view that, um, you know, we can build a really sustainable business that's uh, in that sort of direct to consumer. The margins are good. We're moving to uh, concentrate products as well, rather than shipping water around the place. Yeah. But it's, you know, you just got to. Yeah, it's, a, it's step by step and it takes time. And so, sorry, I just wanted to connect back to the, the YPOA guy that gave you the inspiration. Is he involved at all? Or He's, our, you... he's one of my co-founders. So there's oh, right. four of us as co-founders. Yeah. So yeah. Alistair, we've got Greg, who's our mad green scientist, who's a fantastic guy. Um, Grant, who ran the company in New Zealand and myself. So really, I'm yeah. the quarterback that I pulled it all, pulled the team yeah. together. And yeah. I just let them go for it. Yeah, nice, nice. So you seem to you seem to like working in partnerships and teams. Is that would that be a fair assumption? Do you think, Stuart? Or? Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I'm a real people person, and in fact, our our um, CEO of the company who we brought on a part time is an ex EOA. He was at EO uh, Colorado. Um, oh, right. So, you know, there's, it's amazing when you work with EOs because there's so much in common, as you well know, with the values around EO mm. and how you bring that into the way you operate and, you know, trust and respect and, you know, yeah. the, just boldly go and the other 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 values that we've got. So it it's, it's makes life much more enjoyable, I find. So how do you... Um... How do you sort of ward off if things go wrong? Because, I, I mean, personally, I have a policy. I, I don't do business with other EOs because the risk for me of something going wrong just isn't worth spoiling the network sort of thing. But, I mean, every, people are different, right? So, 
your approach yeah. is working for you, but I'm just curious what happens Look, if something goes wrong. I think you have wrong. to be really careful. And, and yeah. in fact, you know, even, you know, some forums, they say absolutely zero. I, I've done work for some of my forum mates in the search space to help them find people. But what I find is you have a duty of care with your with your clients. Yeah. When you're working with an EO, the duty of care is higher. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a very upfront approach and say, look, if you if there's any concerns that this is, you know, and again, it has to be all driven, as you know, non-solicitation. So I don't go looking for work in EO, but surprising how much work you do get referred to you or comes in. Mm. Um, but with Kevin, who's our, our interim CEO at the moment, you know, I reached out to the network. We had a false start. We got the wrong CEO in and yeah. uh, we had someone who'd come out of a corporate background and uh, worked some medium-sized companies, but just didn't have the entrepreneurial mindset. Blew yeah. quite a lot of my investors' funds doing stuff that we were trying to um, not get her to do, but uh, in the end, we parted ways with her. So I needed to find someone who could step in. I reached out to the EO Past and Present Network, and and uh, a couple of people pointed me to Kevin, and and he's been oh, we're really enjoying working with him. He, he's you know this is a side gig, gig for him. He's got some other things that he does as well, but. Uh, He's doing a great job. So I think, you know, again, just got to be really upfront about it, Brendan. And if there's issues, you have a clearing conversation. Again, yeah. the power of forum, the power of EO is you can have these conversations. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you got the search, you've got the cleaning um business. Any, anything else in the in the portfolio? <laughs> How long, how long have you got? <laughs> I've got a short attention span, so I tend to get down my fingers into yeah. a, a number of pies. I've got a you know, couple of companies that I've invested in, and I still play an active role in one of them's in the uh, air, electric chemical air sensing space. So we monitor environmental monitoring. You know, yes, twenty. That's just ticked over twenty years old, and uh, that'll do about twenty million this year, and, and potentially. Uh, but it's taken a long time to get it up and going. But that's a pretty fun company, and and they're doing really really well now. Um, so you're a, you're a smaller shareholder in that one. Yeah, I'm a, an investor, and I've also put the board in this and the leadership team together for them as well so I've appointed most of those people so some of that I've invested cash and some of it's sweat equity so uh, yeah yep. taken taking shares in lieu of fees which is a nice way to yeah uh, to do it yep so yep. I, I sit on a book, couple of boards as well I'm uh, which is interesting I'm on the board of a strategy consulting company which is interesting trying to do strategy with a strategy consulting company so. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I like that yeah yeah I uh, sit on a couple of not-for-profits, so I, I spent some time in the Army Reserves in my earlier days, so uh, I still have some, affili- uh, some affiliation. I sit on a trust, which is uh, our Special Forces, um, the SAS, which you guys have in Australia as well, so I sit on one of their trusts as well. So, yeah, that, that keeps me occupied. And then I also help my son's business out. They've got a really good manager who manages all the front end, but yeah, trying to keep the uh, the finances and legals away from the guys in the front end. is, is So, yeah, I just... Keep myself yeah. occupied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you're sort of um, touching lots of things, but not necessarily. Uh, there's not one thing that owns you. So you're diversified. Totally, and yeah. I think that's the thing. Is I mean, my search business is my core business. I do love it. I probably spend fifty or sixty percent of my time on that. And uh, but it's the sort of thing too. After twenty years, just to keep reinventing yourself. And you know, one of my core values is thirst for learning, which yep. is why I'm still an EO after all these years. Um, and I think 
that's the thing I find fascinating and interesting is you move into a new area. There's a, I knew nothing about cleaning products uh, yeah. you know, two and a half years ago, but uh, I've learned a lot, I can tell you. Yeah, no, I bet, I bet. And so um, just going back to EO again, how many forums are you involved with these days? Well, I've actually been, um, so just the background, 2001, uh, Auckland or EO New Zealand launched in about 1998, 1999, and they, you know, took off with a hiss and roar, and as often happens, a few people moved away, whatever. So um, they had a guy, Troy Hazard, who um, uh, people will know, he's been, he's been on the global board, he's out of EO Brisbane, now lives in Florida, but uh came across and did a bit of a presentation. A whole bunch of us were rounded up and came along and uh, uh, four of us joined that night. Fletch McKenzie, who you may know, is a forum yep. trainer, been on the global board. His his then business partner, Matt Wiley, they had a they had an advertising agency. Another guy, Chris Morris, who's now EO Singapore, and I joined all joined on the back of that night. So the chapter went from eight to twelve at that stage. So <laughs> <laughs> we were a fifty percent growth in the chapter. So uh, yeah, it's been um, so. I think um, you know those early days of, of EO is uh, you know. Matt and I started our forum with CJ Morris, the guy in Singapore, and, and another friend of ours, Deb Chart. We had four in the forum originally. Matt and I are still in forum after 21 years. Amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, we've actually had our forum meeting yesterday. And it's, it's you know, some, we had this exactly conversation. How do you keep reinventing yourself? Because between us, in my forum, we have 125 years of EO membership experience across oh, that's, nine. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. But it's, uh, it's amazing. So, you know, uh, I think uh, they say that after seven years, you become a tenured, tenured member. Eight of us of the nine of us are tenured and the other one's six months away from being a tenured member. So it's been an amazing sort of uh, group to be part of. I've also been a seed um, member in two other forums as well. So gone off and helped uh, start Start those. some new ones up, yeah. And that was, so- yeah. I really enjoyed that and... And it's great to sort of see uh, how those forums are doing. And every now and then I get invited back for dinner or drink uh, after forum and like yep. to keep in touch with what they're doing. And I'm quite involved. I've been mentoring. I think this will be my 10th year of, uh, as a mentor. Um, yep. So that's something I enjoy as well. So, yeah, you know, fingers and many pies, as I say. I was yeah. on the board for nine years at various stages, so it's kind of like, you know, okay, job needs to be done, get in and do it, and then move on and, and get something yep. else to take it over. Yeah. And so um, final question before we part, Stuart, uh, what do you prefer, the US or NZ? Well, the reason we spend our time between both is that I think um, we can't make up our minds. We, you know, we're fortunate that, you know, between Auckland and San Francisco, they're not bad options to have. Um, they're both amazing cities. I, I love the sort of the hustle and bustle and it's been interesting sort of getting involved uh, in some of the tech scene over here and growth companies. But I also love coming home and uh and and spending time in you know in in New Zealand and we've, we're very fortunate. You've just been to Queenstown. You were saying you know I love it down in Central Otago and spending some time. So uh, yeah, no, I, 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 we're quite happy going back and forth between the two. And as long as we can do that, long may it continue. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So if people want to uh, reach out and connect with you, Stuart. What is um, your website or how's the best way to get in contact? Yeah, I mean, the search website is a mouthful. It's www.rothbury, R-O-T-H-B-U-R-Y, Kim Ross, K-I-N-R-O-S-S.com. Yeah. Um, my email is Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at kinross.co.nz. 
um, and uh, you know, always happy to connect with people and uh, and uh, see if if I can help them at all. That's brilliant. Okay, Stuart, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Brendan, thank you very much for having me, and congratulations, mate, on uh, about to take over your hundredth uh, yeah. podcast. I uh, really appreciate and acknowledge you for the work you are doing as well. So thanks, mate. Really appreciate oh, it. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Stuart. Cheers, Brendan. You've been listening to an APAC EO production. I hope you've been enjoying listening to the podcast. If you are, it'd be great if you could help us out by leaving us a review and sharing this with friends and colleagues.